I wanted only to connect. John Muir says when we go out into the woods, we are really going in. I wanted to see the Sierra Nevada in all the glory that Muir did, but when I got there, I still couldn't adopt his vision, at least not wholly. Over time, I realized I needed a uniquely feminine way of being in nature, of going in, one that included fears and failings and even crying, but also intimacy and community. On the trail, I wrote in a tiny journal every day, in search of my voice. I didn't know I would write a book at the time. I first needed to find Isabella Bird, Mary Austin, Annie Dillard, Linda Hogan, Mary Oliver, and the other women nature writers who would help me navigate the way. Since then, I have found a whole community of women writing about the natural world. And this memoir is my attempt to enter the conversation, a conversation that is finally starting to include women of color as well. Certainly, there are now women writing guidebooks and natural histories of the Sierra Nevada, which was not the case 20 years ago. I've not found many women who have yet written personal narratives about the Sierra Nevada. Mary Austin writes about the high desert in Land of Little Rain, and Isabella Bird provides a short excerpt of Lake Tahoe in A Lady's Life in the Rocky Mountains. When I searched Women and the Sierra Online, the book that came up explored the early prostitutes of the West. A fine book, I am sure, but not exactly what I was looking for. Because of various fears of being in the outdoors alone, many women write from their own backyards. After 28 days on the John Muir Trail, I moved to the Rockies and then finally settled in South Lake Tahoe, where I now write from my own backyard. That hike in 1993, my own first summer in the Sierra, led to a lifelong love of the mountains, of the place I now call home. The 22-year-old girl who set off for the mountains in 1993 is me and not me, in the way that we all carry our younger selves with us. That young self knew she needed something. She just wasn't sure what. Luckily, she hiked into the Sierra to find out. Day 1. Summer's 3%. Whitney Portal, 8,360, to Outpost Camp, 10,080. 3.8 miles. I only went out for a walk and finally concluded to stay out till sundown, for going out, I found, was really going in. John Muir Going on twenty-three, I fancied myself a naturalist, thought I knew about the wilderness, about wildness, because I had been an avid reader of John Muir and Henry David Thoreau. I enjoyed reading about Muir's exciting climb into a giant Douglas spruce during a torrential windstorm. Wind-whipped like a kite. Once on the trail, however, I had my doubts. Bent under the weight of my backpack, hiking through rain, I began to see that Muir's windstorm appealed to me in the figurative sense. Now the rain was more than metaphor. I splashed through puddles and a stinging rain pelted my face. Soaked chaparral and spicy sagebrush layered with damp earth, with pine. A plastic poncho hid my head and a garbage bag covered my pack. 
I wanted to revel in the outdoors, feel like Muir had, a part of the wilderness. Instead, I thought, mile two, what have I gotten myself into this time? We followed the trail through swaying Jeffrey Pine and Red Fir. Our guidebook claimed that only 3% of the year's precipitation would fall during the summer, yet gray sheets of rain drenched the forest. I tried to forget the weather, then realized if I was going to make it, I had better do my best to accept all of it. The wind and the rain, summer's 3%. Lightning cut white branches through a cloud-ribbon sky. I waited for the rumble of thunder, counting the seconds between claps to determine the distance of the storm, as I had as a child. One one thousand, two one thousand. Thunder seemed to shake the pewter sky. Trees wavered like indecision.